Welcome back to A Good Kid, the 22-year murder mystery of Zeb Quinn. I'm Samir Nafsi. And I'm Holly Hedrick. All right, Holly. Our last episode, we talked about the Hollywood murders. That would have been about JT and Christy Codd and their unborn child, Skylar. Robert Jason Owen sentenced to 59 and a half years to 74 and a half years under a plea agreement for those murders. Obviously, public opinion at this point is very strong. You, of course, were here in 2017. What do you recall following this hearing and this plea agreement, if anything? There were more questions, again, than answers because it all went back to, did he have, Robert Jason Owens, anything to do with the Zeb Quinn disappearance? And it had been cold again for so long that people were asking more questions about that case. That's very interesting. So following that last episode of the Cod murders, and it's interesting how these two cases really do relate to one another and how much they feed off of each other. But behind the scenes, something that really hasn't been reported on is the interaction between Robert Jason Owens and his attorney in law enforcement. Now, we know through our records that we've obtained that Jason and his team met with the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office as well as APD a number of times. And wasn't Robert Jason Owens charged with first-degree murder, indicted, in fact, for first-degree murder in 2017 for the Zeb Quinn disappearance? Correct. So this would have been after the Cod plea agreement. Robert Jason Owens back in the headlines, this time charged with, as you mentioned, first-degree murder and the death of Zeb Quinn. That took place on July 10th of 2017. But let's backtrack a couple years to 2015 when he met with investigators. So essentially, Robert Jason Owens, of course, none of this uh, was known to the public at the time, wrote a four-page letter uh, basically detailing the night Zeb Quinn died, and this all according to investigative notes that we've obtained. Yeah, also according to those detective notes, on May 14th, 2015, Jason's attorneys for the Cod murders, Vicki Jane and Sean Devereaux, sent a letter to the district attorney's office as well as the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office, informing them that Jason allegedly had information in the Quinn investigation. Mm-hmm. And that letter also included, get this, a polygraph test that Jason's attorneys had done. Now, what's interesting about that letter that they turned over to law enforcement, uh, it indicated that Jason was, quote, present when Zeb Quinn was shot by an unnamed suspect for a reason that was not explained. Now, this letter, of course, would be shared with the Asheville Police Department, which had the lead uh, over this case. Keep in mind, though, Quinn's been missing now for 15 years. Now, after receiving this letter on May 29th, Robert Jason Owens and his defense counsel met with detectives from the Asheville Police Department as well as the Buncombe County's Sheriff's Office. Now, we know they met around 4.30 p.m. Jason essentially told investigators that on January 2nd of 2000, the night Zeb Quinn disappeared, his uncle, Walter Eugene Owens, who went by Gene, so from now on we're going to refer to him as Gene, uh, Jason says that Gene was the person to shoot and kill Zeb Quinn. Let's talk about who Gene Owens was. Gene Owens was Jason's mother's brother. And from what we understand, Gene and Jason didn't really have a great relationship. Gene told investigators that Jason and his brother were supposed to be taking care of their grandmother, Gene's mom, but that he didn't feel like the boys really were doing a great job. So there was some tension there, especially after Gene's mother passed away. Now, our first record of Gene speaking with detectives was during the Cod investigation. So take a listen to an APD interview. This is from Gene Owens from 2015. Why do you think we came to find you this late at night? I really don't know this late at night. Some important, right? It must be. All right, so according to our records, 
Gene Owens would speak to APD detectives on March 26 of 2015. Now, he told investigators that he hadn't talked with his nephew, Jason, for about eight years at this point and said, quote, uh, he didn't know much about the Quinn boy. Now, Gene also told investigators that he recalled reading online that someone stated, quote, Jason killed Zeb Quinn and his uncle Gene helped him dispose of the body, end quote. He also told investigators that he had nothing to do with the murder of Zeb Quinn. I recall at one point he said something to the effect that he had never knowingly laid his eyes on Zeb Quinn. Now, what's interesting, he did tell investigators during an interview that if the detective essentially put down his pen, he would tell him something. Effectively, he told them that Jason Owens had dug an eight-foot hole in the property for a carp pond, but since then he had filled it in with cement and was using it as a burn pile. And Gene tells investigators, hey, if I was you, I'd get a search warrant and go out to that carp pond. Which is also very interesting because we know obviously Jason would have filled that pond with concrete. So on March 30th, detectives from APD start to assist the sheriff's office Of course, they already had a search warrant uh, for the Cod murders. That would have been ongoing at this point. Now, the APD detective, according to notes, actually called Gene while on Jason's property to ask if he knew where this alleged burn pile was located. And then the next day, on March 31st, APD executed their own search warrant. We want to play a part of a story that we aired uh, in 2015 when APD and the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office were actually out on Jason Owens' property. It's very complex, as you've reported on. Uh, Mr. Owens was a person of interest in the, in the, the Quinn disappearance from 2000. And uh, it, it, those kind of things do make the case, uh, you know, it does make the case much more complicated. Those search warrants released Monday tell us what investigators involved in Quinn's case found. Fabric, leather materials, unknown hard fragments, unknown white powder substance, metal and concrete are the listed items seized from Owens' property on that day. That search happened after one of Owens' unnamed relatives led police back to his property. So did you catch that ending? Unknown relative? Right, so we know at this point a relative was involved, but it was still a giant question mark as to who this relative was. A month later, on April 16, 2015, a geologist and a professor from UNC Asheville examined this concrete slab, a piece of it, from Jason's property. I actually got three different samples to review. And then just days later, on the 20th, he tells investigators there was no indication of any bone fragments or human remains in this concrete. So yet another dead end for investigators regarding the Quinn matter. Now let's jump forward to May 29th when Jason and his legal team uh, met with detectives to discuss this letter. Jason states that his uncle Gene showed up on January 2nd of 2000, so the night Zeb Quinn disappeared, to ask if Jason knew Zeb Quinn. Jason says yes, and then he alleges his uncle Gene asked uh, if Jason was aware that Zeb was potentially messing around with this girl named Misty and that she wanted to meet up with him later that night at a campsite in the Bent Creek area. Now, let's kick to a portion of an interview from 2015. Uh, This is when Robert Jason Owens is sitting down with APD detectives to discuss this letter. When Gene asks you or mentions to you about this girl named Misty, did you know who she was at that time? No. Okay. Had Deb had never mentioned her to you no. at that point? No, I hadn't seen him in 
Wait a second. Misty Taylor, the one who has the baby with Wesley Smith. Correct. That all according to Robert Jason Owen's letter that he wrote to APD. So do we know if Misty was still being interviewed by APD at this point? That's a great question. So we don't. Our records indicate the last time that she spoke to detectives would have been back in 2009 when they collected samples that, according to records, they pulled things, uh, a couple swabs, hair, as well as fingerprints. Again, we don't have the full Zeb Quinn file. APD uh, never handed that over to us. So what we have is essentially what the defense counsel uh, admitted into the exhibit and, and into court records. What else did Jason tell investigators? Well, he agreed to ask Zeb that night if he would meet with Misty in the Bank Creek area. So that's why he would have been at Walmart that night. He disappeared and people would have spotted Zeb and Jason talking around 730. Let me tell you a little bit about the Bent Creek area real quick, Samir, for people who aren't familiar with this. This is across from the North Carolina Arboretum, which is up on the Blue Ridge Parkway. So this is all about seven minutes-ish from Longshore Road we've talked about and from his high school, Zeb Quinn's high school, and about, you know, uh, probably 10 minutes away from the Walmart where Jason works. So it's all in the same vicinity, but this is a very rural area along the river, the French Broad River. So I know it now, obviously, um, it's a little bit more commercialized, but still pretty rural back then, obviously. Would there, would there have been a lot of traffic in that area? I can't imagine. So especially not at night. It's very dark out there. Um, this is a two-lane road still to this day. Not a lot of traffic lights. So I can't imagine there was much activity. Gotcha. So Jason told investigators that he agreed to take Zeb to this Bent Creek area for an alleged secret rendezvous with Misty. Jason, however, said that he didn't know Misty uh, and he didn't have any prior knowledge of this alleged romance that had been going on. So Jason tells investigators that's what happened to Zeb that night. Now remember, Jason was the last person to be seen talking with Zeb around 7.30 at the Walmart, right? This is what Jason told investigators while he was being interviewed at APD in 2015. I went in there, told him that Misty um, was camping up by Lake Palatine and wanted him to come up there. And he asked me if I knew Misty. I said, no, my uncle does. And um, did he ask who your uncle was? Jason says that Zeb agreed, and they stop at the convenience store to grab a drink. And then they turn off Longshoals Road, go along, like I said, the French Broad River, past this area called Sandy Bottoms, to a gravel road. And when they arrive, Jason looks to see if Gene had already pulled in and parked. And Zeb eventually gets out of the car, and he starts kind of looking down a path. Mm -hmm. So Jason says that once they arrive, uh, he asks Gene Owens where Misty Taylor was at. Gene is alleged to have said that she would have been there in a few minutes. Jason says that Zeb, as you mentioned, started looking down the trail, and this is when Jason says Gene allegedly pulled out a 22 and shot Zeb in the back of the head while he was looking down that trail. How awful. And then Jason asked Gene, you know, says, according to Jason, oh my gosh, why did you do that? And Gene is alleged to have told him that um, he'd been hired as a hitman. So some background context, Holly. Jason alleges his uncle Gene sold pills to a guy by the name of Adam. This Adam guy is the one who Jason alleged orchestrated this whole hit slash setup on Zeb Quinn. And we know that Adam happened to be friends with Wesley Smith. Misty's boyfriend. 
Correct. So that's what Jason told them. And he said that he actually knew this Adam character, that he had met him a few years prior when Gene asked him if he could provide Adam with clean urine for a drug test. All right, let's go back to the night of the murder, at least the night we believe was the murder. Jason says that he jumped back in his truck. He's now fearing that his uncle Gene is going to shoot him. He says that he hit Zeb's vehicle that was parked there in this area of Bent Creek Mm -hmm. as he was trying to get out of the road. Um, Gene is alleged to have ran over to him and said, you know, Jason, hey, I'm not going to shoot you. Right. So Jason goes on to say that he asked his uncle Gene why he shot Zeb. And Gene allegedly said, quote, he was poking his nose where he shouldn't be. Someone needed to teach him a lesson, end quote. So Jason says he eventually goes home. He leaves the Bent Creek area, but he couldn't sleep that night. So he eventually goes back to the Bent Creek area where Zeb Quinn was allegedly murdered. Now, once he arrives, he said he found that Gene had moved Zeb's body and started to burn it. Jason says Gene moved a portion of Zeb's skull to a different part of the property and says he buried it so a dog couldn't find it. Jason told investigators in later interviews that he decided to move that piece of the skull because he was scared Gene would somehow frame Jason for the murder of Zeb Quinn. But we know Jason eventually comes clean to police uh, about lying to them in 2000. He said essentially he was scared and had little dealings with law enforcement. He also said that urgent care visit was basically bogus and he was doing it for a document trail. So he had some type of alibi. He also says that he admitted to calling Walmart uh, days after Zeb Quinn disappeared, which we already uh, knew to be the case. And he claims that Zeb told him at some point that he had a trip planned to Gatlinburg with Misty Taylor. Which would explain why Zeb said he was waiting for that page at Walmart the day that he disappeared. Right. So Jason ends up telling investigators that he started to become fearful of Gene Owens. And the reason being, Jason had this story that he told Gene cops are starting to look at him and he was being interviewed. And of course, this call with Walmart, it backfires. Gene was completely upset, if you ask Jason, and eventually zip tied him and held him at gunpoint for about 30 minutes. Now, once he gets cut loose... He's obviously more fearful of Gene. So he goes back, what, about a week later to the alleged murder scene and moves this skull and hides it again so that Gene can't find it. And Jason says, though, he had no idea who moved the vehicle to Little Pig's Barbecue. But he does say, remember that puppy, the Labrador puppy, right? Mm -hmm. He tells investigators that Gene bought that puppy and put it in the back of the car, actually bought it from Johnson City, Tennessee. Interesting. How far is that? Under an hour, I'm assuming, from where we're at. About an hour. Okay, interesting. Now, check this out. So Jason says that this Adam guy was the one to set up this alleged hit on Zeb Quinn. We know that detectives end up interviewing Gene Owens that same day, and he claims that he had no involvement. Go ahead and take a listen to a snippet of the APD interview with Gene Owens. He's a former law enforcement, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, who? He was uh, as if he was after my well-being and interest and all. And made some comment about, you know, they put pressure on Jason, and Jason had supposedly indicated that I would contribute to da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah? Like how? Hmm? Like how? I have no idea. They didn't, you know, go into a whole lot of detail. If I'd never take another breath of air after telling you this. I know absolutely nothing about the same coin. I swear to the God Almighty and my mother. 
I know absolutely nothing about his disappearance. Now, what's interesting about this interview, he's asked if he knew a guy by the name of Adam. And Gene says he knows an Adam Wright, but stated Adam Wright passed away in about 2008 or 9 from an overdose. And we've looked into this. And according to a report from the Buncombe County Sheriff's Office, Adam Wright died on December 12th, 2010. On May 30th of 2015, detectives go out and they search the area Zeb was allegedly murdered at. And they recover several 22 shells. And they also survey the area where this alleged burning is said to have taken place. Now, while they were out there, this site did not show signs of a campfire that was capable of burning a body. On April 28, 2017, just a day after Jason is sentenced for the Cod murders, he meets again with APD to talk about Zeb's murder. He tells them that he kept quiet because, again, he says he was fearful from his uncle Gene. Mm -hmm. And now that Owens was basically being put away for a lifetime. He felt that he could come clean on the Quinn matter. I do want to note here that on July 8th, 2017, Gene passes away. Apparently, he was sick for a long time and he dies. Then on July 10th, two days later, 2017, we reported this. We begin tonight with breaking news. A major development in a missing case that's haunted people in the mountains for almost two decades. A Buncombe County grand jury has indicted Robert Jason Owens in the murder of Zeb Quinn. He's the same man convicted of a high-profile triple murder from two years ago. So in 2017, we had a chance to speak to Vicki Jane following all of this uh, information, and this is what she told us about Jason being charged in the Zeb Quinn matter. I'm not totally surprised by it because certainly I've known that Jason Owens has been the only suspect that they considered for the past, I guess, 17 years. Now, I'm surprised to hear that after all of this time, with no more information than apparently that they had 17 years ago, that they have charged Jason Owens. That disappoints me. According to our report by Frank Crocker, Vicki said that it was frustrating that through the course of the Cod trial that no information was released about the Quinn case, not shared by investigators or even the district attorney. She said it was requested, but then this plea deal kind of made it unnecessary. And she said something in her soundbite that was super interesting, uh, basically about the years that had passed and there not being any progression in the case. But what we know just a day after this, this story would be back in the news on Tuesday, July 11th of 2017. Take a listen. New details tonight in a 17-year-old mountain cold case. The district attorney will not seek the death penalty against Robert Jason Owens, now charged with first-degree murder in the death of Zeb Quinn. What I find to be interesting about this next segment that we're going to share, APD hosts this conference and they bring media partners from all around and spotlighting that there's this new discovery in the Quinn case, yet when you get there, they really don't release a lot of information. I can't comment on that. The case is still under investigation. Any new evidence that prodded this indictment that was presented in court or any evidence of a body found? Those specifically are, mat are investigative matters and matters for the courts. I, I cannot answer specifically. Oh, Asheville police do confirm they're still following up on leads at least. Again, so you can really hear in that soundbite that we just played, not a lot of information. But what we do know now through this podcast, of course, obtaining those records, that there was a lot going in on the back end. So it's kind of neat to see that perspective of an investigation. But what was taking place center stage in March of 2018 
the story shifts focus to the attorneys representing Robert Jason Owens. So we have Vicki Jane and Sean Devereaux. Right. They represented Jason during the Cod murders. So, of course, they were the ones representing Jason when this letter was brought forth to investigators. However, the district attorney, Todd Williams, here in Buncombe County, stated that this was a conflict of interest to represent Jason in the Quinn matter. Now, he argued that if Owens decided he wanted to appeal the guilty plea in the Cod murder on the grounds of substandard defense counsel, that would have an impact on the Quinn case. Now, go ahead and take a listen to this report of this alleged conflict presented by the district attorney. The judge earlier this week in court during the hearing said that so far he has not heard any evidence that would indicate that there is a conflict of interest with these attorneys that are currently assigned to represent Owens. Now, in that same report by Kim King, D.A. Williams also focused on a letter that Owens allegedly wrote to his wife from jail after this plea agreement. Now, in court documents, the DA said that Owens wrote to his wife that the Cod plea deal was a, quote, sham, (laughs) and that he had an interview with Dateline, NBC already lined up. He was going to speak the truth about what went on during this trial and the subsequent plea deal for the Cod murders. Very interesting. So Jason ultimately takes to the stand and the judge asked him, he was like, do you want to keep Vicky and Sean? And Jason said yes. Now let's go ahead and listen to what Vicki said following that hearing. And we were not surprised by our clients' comments. We um, we felt, you know, from day one that uh, we knew how much time we'd spent with our client. Again, this hearing was in 2018. It was just a two-day hearing. It wasn't a huge focus of the Quinn Owens matter, but obviously just yet another hurdle. The case at this point would basically dip off until 2022. But what we do know is that there were several issues going on with the district attorney's office. He cited personnel reasons being that caused delays in the hearing of Zeb Quinn and Robert Jason Owens. And then the pandemic, and right? The I mean, pandemic. around 2020. So again, we're going from what, 2018 is this hearing mm-hmm. all the way to 2022 was still no other information and no sentencing. It was a significant delay, several years there. Of course, we know the pandemic uh, shut down many courtroom operations. But what was interesting is that delay earlier in the personnel reasons within the district attorney's office. And that's not a new issue at the district attorney's office. That's something that continues. I know recently in 2023, we've also reported about the district attorney and lack of staff in that office. But let's go ahead and kick out to a report from July 7th of 2022, when this case would grab the headlines once again. Almost five years to the day that he was indicted for the murder of Zeb Quinn, Robert Jason Owens is scheduled to appear before a judge here at the Buncombe County Courthouse. Now we're at Monday, July 11th, 2022, and the hearing is continued yet again. Mm -hmm. The DA says that the Quinn family cannot be in court on that date. Um, Thursday, July 21st, we reported that Jason Owens was expected to enter a plea now in the Quinn matter. So this is just a matter of days later. Here's part of the interview from local attorney Stephen Lindsay just prior to that hearing. There's been a mystery that's sort of shrouded this case um, all throughout the community because we went through sort of spells of thinking we knew who had done this and then thinking that it was somebody else and then thinking that it was somebody else along the way and everybody seemed to have an opinion. When you go back in time, the science then wasn't what it is now. A 22-year mystery would come to an end Monday, July 25th, 2022. Also coming to an end, this podcast. 
Yeah, this podcast is coming to an end, but we will continue this story in a TV documentary. Tell us about that. You did a lot of legwork personally, and this has been a year in the making. Yeah, it's been a while that we've been working on this project that started after Robert Jason Owens accepted uh, this plea deal and the courts also approved it. So from there, we decided we had more questions about this case. The overarching question was justice served. So where did you go? You have some big interviews and you traveled quite a bit. We did. We went to Washington, D.C., as well as New York City. In Washington, D.C., we met up with Brett Forrest, who was the Spin magazine journalist whenever uh, they covered this story in 2001, I believe. And he now works for the Wall Street Journal. But we were able to catch up with him and get his perspective from 2000 all the way to present day. And he reflects on uh, what he recalls as well as the Cod murders and then his opinion regarding the plea deal Robert Jason Owens would ultimately take years later. What about New York? You traveled to New York too. That one was very interesting. So we met up with Dr. Alfred Titus, who works for John Jay uh, College of Criminal Justice in New York City. He's a retired homicide detective from NYPD as well as a hostage negotiator. And he took a review of the case and just kind of critiques or reexamines some of those clues uh, investigators were working with back in 2000. And we know a big part of this case was the defense team, ultimately. And the DA, you talked to some of the defense team. We spoke to Vicki Jane for about three hours. She, of course, represented Robert Jason Owens in the Cod matter as well as the Quinn matter. We weren't able to secure interviews with the district attorney, APD, or the Quinn family or Schoen family. So the next big question our listeners probably have is, did you talk to Robert Jason Owens? I did. The state eventually granted us an interview with Robert Jason Owens after we had been sending letters back and forth uh, regarding setting up this potential interview. So after the state agreed to it, we were able to get an audio recording device in there. They declined or wouldn't let us bring cameras inside. But we had an hour to talk with Robert Jason Owens. We asked him everything from the Cod murders to the Quinn investigation and about his uncle Gene. And the biggest thing I asked him, was he remorseful? And that's something you'll have to watch the documentary to find out. Until then, I'm Samir Nafsi. And I'm Holly Hedrick. And this has been A Good Kid, the 22-year murder mystery of Zeb Quinn. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Good Kid, the 22-year murder mystery of Zeb Quinn. If you're not already, make sure to follow this channel to stay up to date on all of our episodes. Also, leave us a review and feel free to give us a rating. It really helps boost our show. Until next time... I'm Samir Nefsi. We did reach out to the Quinn family, Schoen family, and Cod family. They all chose not to participate in this project, wanting to move on from this long saga.